Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Are coming off of Cherish Conference. And it was amazing to be in a room full of 2,200 women. That's a lot of women, 2,200. In one room, everyone lifting their hands, praising Jesus. I mean, it was fire in that room. Women getting set free, women recommitting their lives to Christ. It was such a beautiful part to be in that movement that Pastor Leanne has ignited and initiated. And what I want to speak about this morning is being called for a purpose. And that is the title of my message this morning, called for a purpose, that each of us have a unique calling, a unique destiny, a unique purpose for being on this planet. In Romans 8, 28, it says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. Not just in some things, not just in one little area, but in all things, he works together for good for those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Called, that is for all of us. That verse is not just for the first and second row, but no, we are all called for a reason. We have something this morning that God wants us to carry out with us. He wants us to walk out different than how we walked in this morning. Purpose is the reason for which something is created or for which something exists. Why were we created? You know, I've been seeing these memes. Memes are a thing now. Very cool on social media if you're a young person. <laughs> and there was this meme that I saw. And it says, if God can light up a bug's butt, imagine what he can do for you. <laughs> and that is one of my favorite memes because I grew up in Indiana there were a lot of lightning bugs, and it was the coolest thing. As a kid, we would catch them all and put them in a little jar at night and see all the little lights lighting up. But I'm like, man, God is so creative. He can literally light up a bug's butt. So whatever we're facing, he can light up, people. Come on. Oh, I'm excited this morning. Feel free to shout out some amens some hallelujahs. Shame the devil. All right. What else you got? Pastor Vince, he's, he's a, pop the clutch. Okay. We are excited this morning. Oh yes. I am a white girl. Thank you. I will. I will bring it. Oh, you guys are fun. Okay. So when we have purpose, the opinions of man fade. 
When we have purpose, the opinions of man fade. They become a non-factor. And yes, we need to have a healthy respect for our leaders. You know, we value their insight. The Bible teaches us to honor leaders. It teaches us to seek godly counsel. Yet, our validation does not come from man. It does not come from our leaders. It does not come from our pastors. You know, there have been some seasons where I have been longing for validation. You know, just waiting for my leader to compliment me. Like, come on, leader. Just compliment me already. Just waiting for my boss to promote me. Just waiting around, waiting for that promotion. But the Bible says that promotion comes from the Lord. That validation comes from God. That as we seek him, as we devote our lives to him, as we submit to his ways, that is when we flourish. That is when we step into our calling from what God has brought us out of. You know, he has brought us out of darkness. And maybe some of us are not to that point yet. Maybe we're living in a dark point. But this morning, I believe that God is going to bring us out of darkness. You know, in Galatians 1.10, it says, for am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Whose approval are we seeking? When we lay our head on the pillow at night, what are we thinking? What are the thoughts that are going through our mind? Are we replaying situations, wishing we had said something different, being offended at what this person said, wishing they had given us a compliment, wishing they had given us that promotion? Whose approval are we seeking? And I want to speak this morning around the story of Hezekiah. So the story is in the Old Testament found in the book of 2 Chronicles. And he lived during a period of many evil kings that went against the ways of God. He was the 13th king of Judah and the son of Ahaz. His father was an evil king who did not do what was right in the sight of the Lord. And if you think about that, if you think about Hezekiah's upbringing, this little child, I have two little kids and I know that they are always watching their daddy. <laughs> They're pretty much both daddy's kids. I mean, I don't know how that happens, but they love him. I mean, you're amazing, baby, and I do honor you. I forgot to honor you again, but I love you. I am a product of your amazing husbandry. You are amazing. But our kids do look up to him so much. They watch how he does everything. They're watching what he says. They're watching what he does. No pressure, baby. No pressure. <laughs> But you think of Hezekiah as this little kid and he's watching his daddy do the evil in the sight of the Lord. The Bible says it was evil what he was doing. He was going against the ways of God. So I can imagine his thought process, how he's thinking, how he's learning to think are evil. 
But yet the Bible says that Hezekiah did right in the sight of the Lord. He did right in the eyes of God. So he took it upon himself He came into his identity in the Lord. He accepted that. He stepped into that identity. And then he stepped into that calling that God had for his life, that purpose that God had for his life. He did amazing things. He cleansed the temple. He restored the temple worship. So he did what the opposite of what his earthly father had done. Second Chronicles 30, it records that Hezekiah, he sent out messengers to Ephraim and Manasseh, and he invited them to Jerusalem for the celebration of the Passover. These messengers that he sent out were not only not listened to, but they were laughed at and they were mocked at. So we think about that, that he's issuing this degree. He's sending it out to come celebrate the Passover, to step into the ways of God, to come back to worship. And he's being laughed at and mocked at. But that does not hold him back. It doesn't say that that deterred him or he took a break or he stepped aside for a season. He pressed forward and he continued on the call that God had for him. He continued on. He pressed on. I think of his mindset. He had to be so fixated on heaven, so fixated on the things of God, on the ways of the Lord. And you think about his his generations, the generations before him, that Hezekiah was a first-generation Christian. And I believe this morning that there are a lot of us who are in that same boat, who we didn't grow up with Christian parents. We didn't grow up in a home where they spoke life over us, where they spoke the promises of God over us. And that is how Hezekiah was. But I believe today that God wants to remind us that first and foremost, we are a daughter and a son of him. That we have a new line, a new family line is given to us. So you think about our past, a lot of the times we think, oh, that disqualifies me. I'm from a family of alcoholics. I'm disqualified or I will never make it. I will never get out of this. Oh, I'm from a line of depression. My family has been poor. Every generation has been poor. I will never get out of this. And we get stuck in this rut. We get in this trap of mediocrity living in these realms that we think we can't get out of. But just as Hezekiah, he got out of that evil that his father had brought, so are you going to step into a new line. God has a new heritage, a new thing for you to step into this morning. So the second reason about purpose. So when we have purpose, we prosper. We prosper. And there was a season of my life where 
I was so far from prospering. My life was very mediocre. I had fallen into that trap of mediocrity. And if you look at the roots of mediocre in the Latin, it says they stand for middle and mountain. And if you think about it, the middle of a mountain is not up or down. It's not here or there. It's just somewhere in the middle, very ordinary. And maybe some of us this morning have found ourselves in that mediocre place of living this life. It's not up or down. I'm just here. I'm making it through the each day, living day by day with no vision, with no purpose. And there was a season after I had my daughter, Alana, where I struggled with a lot of anxiety. It got to the point where I had so much difficulty sleeping at night. I would start to rehearse these lies in my head. I would start to rehearse things in my head and my thoughts. I I couldn't shut them down. I couldn't shut my thoughts down. And it wasn't like I just laid there for an hour and then fell asleep. No, I was awake the whole night. Like I would just lay there night after night, not getting any sleep. My body was exhausted. I felt so much anxiety. And that in turn affected every area of my life. You know, I wasn't able to be on fire in our marriage, on fire as I was a mama to our little kids. I had a newborn. I wasn't on fire for even serving in the house of God, which I grew up in a Christian home and had always had a heart for God. And, but I had lost that. I had lost that fire. And what I found is that it was a lot of myself, my own doing that was bringing me to that place. And we have an amazing church where we have altar calls and we have ministry time where we can get set free. And I did that a lot of times. I kept coming forward and I did feel things shift off of me. I felt a spirit of anxiety leave, but yet it didn't immediately change it. Because as humans, you know, we form habits, we create habits. So before I went to bed, it was a habit for me to start thinking anxious thoughts. So it required me to break off those old habits, break off that stinking thinking and step into what God had for me. My husband's distracting me. He's yelling random things at me. (laughs) So God has called us to prosper. God has called us to prosper. But I was so far from that place. I kept thinking, how am I going to get my fire back for Jesus? How am I going to get over this? And through a process, yes, I did take captive my thoughts. I learned to control my thoughts, to have godly thoughts, thoughts of heaven. And I did overcome. And I do sleep amazing now, sometimes too amazing, where my kids only wake up my husband because I'm still in a deep sleep. That's amazing. (laughs) 
So God has rest for us. He wants us to sleep. That is a gift that he has given us. So today, God is going to shift that for you. If you have had insomnia or feel anxiety, that God is going to shift that. I believe it. So in 2 Chronicles 31, 20 to 21, it says, Thus Hezekiah did throughout all Judah, and he did what was good and right and true before the Lord his God. And in every work that he began in the service of the house of God, in the law and in the commandment to seek his God, he did it with all his heart. With all his heart. So he prospered. So he prospered. Everything that Hezekiah did, he put his whole self in Some other versions or translations say wholeheartedly, that he did things wholeheartedly. He wasn't half in or half out. He wasn't here or there, but he was in. He was in the house of God. He was serving the ways of God. He was all in with all of his heart. You know, I think this morning that some of us need to be reminded to be all in for the kingdom of God, to be all in, that he's drawing us back to his heart this morning, to the house of God. There is no place like the house of God, no place like the house of God. It's amazing what God can do when we are planted. You know, you think of trees and they can only grow in good soil. And let me tell you, this church is some of the best soil I have ever seen. The best soil. There was a point in Andy and I's life where we came to a crossroads. We were feeling in our heart that God was stirring us to move away from California. And we had these two options. We had Salt Lake City, and then, yes, we love it here. And then we had Tennessee was the other place we were looking at. (laughs) So Tennessee, it had one of the greatest branches for my husband's work. It was very well known throughout the country. And then here, not so much. It was a little different here as far as his work went. It was closer to my family there. There were a lot of things that were very appealing to us about moving there. But as we were praying about it, as we were thinking about this, we came to the realization that we had to, not just wanted to, but that we had to build our lives around the house of God. We said, we will not leave this house. This house has transformed us in so many ways. It has helped us. People have stood behind us through very challenging times. You know, my husband was healed from a crazy back surgery, which is a story for another time. But exactly what our friends came around us to pray for, that's what happened in his surgery. And my son, who had seizures and strokes when he was five days old, he was massively healed because of the people in this church standing with us, believing with us. 
So we came to that realization. This house of God has transformed our lives. So we are going to plant ourselves in this house. We are going to submit our ways to this house. And let me tell you, there's been fruit because of that. Fruit has come out of it. We have seen the prosperous ways of God because of us building our lives around the house of God. Now, I said that the branch that my husband was going to be at here was not the greatest, but God, because out of over 10 years of being at this company, he has had the greatest year of his entire career of being here than he has ever had. Now that is only Jesus. You see, when we submit our ways to God's ways, when we submit our lives to the house of God, we will prosper. Just like Hezekiah, he prospered. He was all in for Jesus, all in. The last point is when we have purpose, Talking about Jesus is ingrained in us. It's ingrained in us. Now, I have a little two-and-a-half-year-old who is very spunky, and I love her. And she was sitting out in the hallway the other day, just sitting on the bench, and every person that walked by, she would say, come sit with me, come sit with me. And she and people were coming. They would come sit by her. These grown adults were listening to this little child and coming to sit with her. And she kept doing that. She'd say, come sit with me. Come sit with me. She didn't know these people. She had never seen them. But yet her heart, she was like, come sit with me. And it was such a picture to me of the heart of Jesus that he sits with us. He sits with people, that everyone is a friend in Jesus' eyes. And I love that. That's why the Bible says to have a heart like a child. You know, my kids are so social. Sometimes I'm a little embarrassed because they won't stop talking to people. I mean, we've had workers come to our house and Oliver keeps asking questions and after an hour of it, they're just like, "Uh uh-huh. Or just ignore him. And I feel so bad because he won't stop talking. It's so funny. But what I love is their heart. They are so bold. Their eyes, the eyes of a child looks at people and they see the heart of God in those people. They see the heart of God. And what God wants for us is to have that heart for his people again, to be available When she was sitting out in that hallway, she was available, available to those people. Pastor Mike Maiden, one of the pastors who comes here often, he said one time, often the potential of our life is not defined by the depth of our giftedness. It's defined by the depth of our availability. Are we available? Are we available to God? Are we available to listen to what God is saying? Are we available to our neighbors? Or do we just, you know, get home, open the garage, pull in, shut the garage, when our neighbor could have just had the hardest day of their life? 
and could be just sitting out on the porch waiting for someone to talk to them. Are we available? Come on, I believe that this morning God wants to shift something in our hearts. To shift something. To make us see, not through our own earthly filter, but to see through a heavenly filter. How are we seeing people? How are we seeing our boss? How are we seeing our spouse? Are we just half in and half out? Or are we wholeheartedly investing into our marriage? Wholeheartedly investing into our children, investing into our relationships? Are we all in for Jesus? You know, when I first moved to California, I, like I said before, I'm from Indiana and everyone's very Midwest, loving, knows their neighbors. I mean, you go to the grocery store, you know every single person in there. It takes an hour to get out because you keep running into people. So when I moved to California, I had the thought, I'm going to make some cookies for my neighbors. I'm going to meet my neighbors. And I was very excited to do so. So I go to the first house, I knock on the door, and the neighbor opens the door about two inches, if that. And she's like, yeah. (laughs) And I was like, hi, I'm your neighbor. I just moved here. I brought you some cookies. And she just had this baffled, confused look on her face. And she's like, okay. Just very confused. So what I had the realization is, is that people here are not used to people bringing them cookies. They're not used to knowing their neighbors. They're not used to people being friendly and going out of their way. I thought this woman is really thinking these are marijuana cookies or very special cookies that I'm bringing her. She was very skeptical of me. So what I realized, we have to get back to the basics, the basics of bringing people back to Jesus, the basics of taking a meal to our neighbor who just had a baby, the basics of talking to our neighbors, the basics of talking to a little child. You know, a lot of, a lot of the church grows through our children. You know, the kids start talking. Oh, I loved Kids Church. I love this video they showed. This is what I learned. And then they tell their parents and then they bring their family. And that is how a lot of families get saved. So if you are serving in the younger generation or you are in Kids Church, I want to honor you today and say that we need you. The church needs you. If you are an older generation, we need you. We need your wisdom. My husband and I, I mean, we still have our issues, so we would love some marriage counseling. (laughs) Counseling is always good, but we need you. This house is beautiful. The church is beautiful. We all need each other. The generations need each other. We are called according to his purpose. Called according to his purpose. 
You know, last Christmas, my husband was running an errand, going out of the house, and we were not prepared when we moved from California for the weather here. I mean, I didn't get snow boots till like March, which was the end of winter. <laughs> didn't have snow boots. We had bald tires. We had two-wheel drive. I mean, it was a nightmare driving. I'd have to stop way before and, you know, pump the brakes. That's the thing, right? You pump the brakes, not just hold it down. Don't do that. <laughs> so it was in the middle of this snow squall. Do you all remember that? The snow squall, which I had no idea what that was. I'd, but a, it's a whiteout. So a whiteout was happening on this night when my husband goes out to run this errand. And he was on the 15 freeway when his car started to slide. And he started to slide and he was about to hit the barrier. So he overcorrected and started to spin on the freeway in the middle of this snow squall, in the middle of this whiteout where visibility is very limited. So he does a full 360 in the middle of the freeway. Almost hit a cop, full 360. The spin was so violent actually that it turned the car off. There was a safety mechanism. So he's sitting, his car had shut off. He's just sitting in the middle of the freeway. And thank you, Jesus, that even though cars just fly down the freeway, I mean, 70, 80, 90 miles an hour. I know some of you are speeders out there. It's okay, I am too. So people are flying past this freeway, but yet he was fully safe, fully protected. Thank you, Jesus. But when he came home that night, he walked through the door and the look on his face, I thought he has just seen a ghost or something because he looked terrified. And my husband is very, a very confident, steady, consistent man. So I had never seen him like this. His hands were shaking. And I remember thinking, oh my goodness. It was one of those raw moments where your whole life flashes before your eyes. And I thought we have one life. We have one life to give to Jesus. We have one life to give him our all. One life to step into the purpose that he has for us. One life. And this morning, I know that God wants to ignite a fire on the inside of us. Ignite a fire. So can we all just stand to our feet? I want us to get into a place of receiving from God this morning, receiving from God. I thank you, Jesus, that you see every person. God, that you call them by name. You call them by name. The Bible says that we were knitted together in our mother's womb. God, that you have knit us together, that there is no other DNA like our DNA. 
So God, I pray right now that you would remind us of our purpose. Just take a minute and ask God, why do I exist? Why am I here? You know, maybe some of us have struggled with anxiety or struggled with fear, struggled with insomnia or alcoholism. Maybe some of us have felt, why am I even here? Is it even worth me living? Maybe some of us have tried to take our life before God, remind us why we exist. Remind us this morning why we are here. Give us purpose again, God. So ask him right now, Holy Spirit, speak to each person here, God. you Jesus you know the person that has been the most on fire the person with the most purpose that has ever walked the planet is Jesus is Jesus no matter what he was walking through no matter where he was going no matter what circumstance he was he was encountering, he knew his purpose. He had his eyes fixated on heaven. He had his eyes fixated on the cross because he knew that that was his calling, that that was his purpose, that that was his reason for coming to the earth. And I believe this morning that Jesus is drawing us back to his heart, back to our first love, back to the basics, that he wants us to surrender to him, surrender that situation, situation. surrender our thoughts, surrender to his presence, that he's got us, that he is calling us, And because he has died on that cross, because he has rose from the dead, that we can have eternal life with him. That we can have eternal life. That we can be in heaven forever. So with every eye closed and head bowed, if that is you this morning and Jesus is calling you back to him, calling you back to him this morning. This is between you and God. I want you to just raise your hands so that heaven can see. Raise your hands. If it's a recommitment, maybe you've been far away from him. Maybe you've been half in, half out. Haven't ever committed to a church. 
Maybe you committed to a church, but got hurt and left and haven't gone back. Maybe you disqualified yourself because of your past, because of your upbringing. Maybe you've disqualified yourself because of your earthly father or your parents. But this morning, God says you are qualified. You are qualified. You are called that you carry the same spirit of Jesus. So come on, let's all open our hands to God. And if you raised your hand this morning, or if you didn't raise it, but felt like you should raise it, I want you to repeat after me and the whole room is gonna repeat after me. We're all gonna repeat it together. Come on, let's say, Jesus, I thank you for dying on that cross for my soul. I thank you, Jesus, for forgiving my sins and making me whole again. I thank you, Jesus, that I am a new creation in you. I thank you, thank you, Jesus, that I am a new creation, that heaven is my home, and God is my Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give it up for those amazing people. Come on, amen. Heaven is rejoicing for those of you who raise your hand. Heaven is rejoicing for just one person who was lost. Heaven has a massive party. Come on. So proud of you who raised your hands. After service, you can meet our amazing Cynthia, who has a book to give you and a following Jesus book that helps us in the next steps in our walk with Christ. So come and talk to her after. But come on, I want to impart something to us this morning for us to leave feeling empowered, for us to leave feeling on purpose with a new fire, a new passion. Maybe we had that, but maybe it's lost. But God wants to redeem it. God wants to restore it this morning. Come on, let's lift our hands to heaven. God, I thank you for every person. God, I thank you that you have a call on their lives, that you have a destiny on their lives. God, that they exist for a reason, God. I thank you, Jesus, that you are reminding people that you are a God who sets people free. God, where there has been anxiety, we cast it out right now in the name of Jesus. Where there has been insomnia, we cast it out right now in the name of Jesus. Where there has been things passed down from generation to generation, we cast that out in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you that your perfect love casts out fear. God, we rebuke fear in this place. God, I pray that your fire would fall in this house. God, that heaven would rain down. God, that we would know your call on our lives. I thank you, Jesus, that there is no greater call to live this life for you 
to live this life for you. God, I pray that we would step into authority, that we would wholeheartedly live for you, Jesus. Be all in. God, be all in for your purpose. I thank you, Jesus, that we are just beginning. God, the things that we're gonna see in our world, God, in this city are just beginning. God, I thank you that freedom is gonna be in this city. God, we speak that out. I declare freedom in this city. God, I declare freedom over every person here. Strengthen us this morning, God. Flood us with your joy with a fresh perspective that we are called for a purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com. Or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.